Hey, Paul, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, I've watched all the football this week, but apart from that, I've had a lovely week, thank you. Very good, yeah. Um, you know, I'm running out of words. Uh, anyone who reads uh, Rant knows that I like to throw in a random long word just for the sake of it. I had to reach into the thesaurus this weekend to try and work out how to describe boredom, soporific, dull, anemic, and other words of that nature. Yeah, uh, it's... Uh... It's not just been boring, it's also been bad, Yeah, which I think is a little bit different to the kind of boring it was. Yeah, actually, I, watching the game this weekend actually made me angry. And I don't often get angry watching football these days. And, and not angry because United were doing something really dumb or terrible in defence or anything like that. Uh, but the anger at the utter, utter pointlessness of most of United's play. 478 passes United completed, of which only 160-something were in the final third. You know, and compare that to, to Leicester completing 169 of something like 200, right? So most of United's play is condensed into uh, what Van Gaal calls the uh, the 60, I think, um, the middle third of the pitch, and really doing very little, sidewards, 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 and very, very slow. Yeah, uh, so let's start with PSV, shall we? Rooney back in the side, and United's attack... Uh, collapsed around him. That's really unfair. The first half, we were all right, actually, in that game. Made some pretty good chances. Martial had a couple of chances, which he didn't take at the near post. Uh, Lingard had a chance or two. Uh, We had two shots on target in the first 15 minutes of that game, which might be the quickest we've got to two shots on target all season. We looked like we could make something happen. Uh, But then the second half of that game... Uh, this is my my take on it. So discount the Middlesbrough game because it was just the Carling Cup and played Sergio Romero in goal, so clearly didn't care about that one. So apart from that, I reckon uh, the first half against Liverpool, uh, that game against Crystal Palace and the first half against Arsenal, uh, those are the only ones which have been worse than the PSV game, and the PSV might be the worst of all of them. Yeah, and, and United's principal creative fulcrum, Rooney, uh, I mean, he was in Guardado's pocket all evening. I actually couldn't work out whether it was that Guardado was brilliant or Rooney was bad, or some combination of the both, but he was totally anonymous. And and then United had two other uh, holding midfielders um, and, and just were totally ineffective. I and mean, Van Gaal talked afterwards about Lingard being the only player who's running behind. Well, maybe true, you know, and actually I think I, I tweeted at the time that I thought Martial was a little bit naive. He wasn't really playing in the fashion that United needed in the second half, but but it was only in the circumstances. You know, he was always looking to spin um, and uh, United just needed someone to hold it up because it was just so slow, just so slow getting from back to front. Um, and it just didn't trouble PSV at all, really. And you could sort of put some of this down to an- analysing the game in hindsight. But to be honest, you-, you kind of thought about this as soon as the team sheet was read out. So first of all, you've got Rooney and Martial both coming back into the side, even though Rooney was poorly and Martial had a knock. Um, and they're immediately messing up an attack which was finally effective against Watford. You've got Memphis being shunted back over to wide left where he did so much damage for PSV last season in an authentic 4-3-3, but has been pretty much universally ineffective for United there this season. So that was a bit of a worry straight off. The fact that he left out Mata is 
basically criminal, I think, and especially when he brought on Fellaini instead of Mata, but didn't use Fellaini as a kind of battering ram and to try and get on the end of set pieces, but actually just played him in centre midfield. Right, right. And it was just a criminal substitution, that was. It really was. There was an absolutely criminal moment about five minutes after Fellaini came on in which he gets the ball in midfield turns backwards and plays it back to Smalling. And the, the crowd at that point started getting pretty antsy. Uh, he, he played as a defensive midfielder uh, for most of the time he was on until perhaps the last five minutes of the game when he pushed further forward. Um, and not just not just push further forward, like not to kind of play behind the striker, but he just became the striker right. at that point. And United give out these data packs at the end of the game. And uh, one of the things that's on it is uh, the kind of average position of the players. And you can see in the first half that there's so much balance. The squad, you know, there's both flanks, there's, there's players everywhere you'd expect them to be. And just the, by the end of the second half, it's just a massive splodge of a mess. Yeah. It's incredibly narrow. There's no width whatsoever. And you've got Fellaini as the most advanced player on the pitch. And then to bring Matter on with five minutes left, it was just... It was so the whole thing was properly pointless that that whole endeavor yeah interesting you mentioned data i mean and two two widely shared pictures on social media this week one of united's average position over the entire season um i, I mean the last two games psv and uh, leicester very very narrow but not necessarily that way for the entire season but you can very easily point out united's positions on the pitch you know just such a very rigid formation and then the second one being the pass map from the game against Leicester but it was very similar against PSV where the ball is about 90% of the ball going sidewards in the middle third of the pitch uh, and it's just infuriating it's fu- infuriating and you know I was, I was just um, I was totting it up it's 531 days since Van Hal got the job it's about 549 until he's out of a job and, and perhaps actually 20 less than that uh, until the end of the 2016-17 season, right? So he's halfway through his tenure. Does it really take this long to impose an attacking style on United? I just don't think it does. I think this is what he wants. And um, he talked after the Leicester game, not the PSV game, which we're, of course, talking about, uh, about just needing that one chance. Uh, he blamed Memphis for what was actually poor control and a bad shot over the bar um, for missing the one chance. I was like, hang on, this doesn't make sense. I mean... Even Jamie Carragher called it out as uh, saying that this is not United, you know. United, historically, United have not sought one chance in a game with which to win it. No, and there's a lot of data suggest that suggests the reason Ferguson's side were was so successful was just that they had more shots than everyone they played against, you know, on average over the course of his tenure. It, and it's a really strong correlation between the number of shots uh, and the number of goals. Uh, I mean, really strong. You don't have to be a statistician to work that one out, do you? That that makes a lot of sense. No, actually, United the number of shots United have had this season is is uh, in the 140s uh, in these four, 14 games. The last season that Ferguson was in charge, it was over 230 in the same number of games. Yeah. Um, and so, you, I mean, you know, it's crude stat, of course, and it's hard to compare season to season. But but that'll tell you something. Yeah, and and. 
So I'm just trying to wrangle this back to just the PSV game. So just to try and keep some structure because there's this structure being the appropriate word. There. <laughs> there's so much to say about both of these games. So I, I think he got his team selection wrong. He definitely got his subs wrong. But I want to say something about Old Trafford. You said the crowd got a bit antsy. There were a few light boos at the end of the game, but it was mostly just a kind of collective groan. The crowd had given up during that game. There was no life whatsoever. And and this was a Champions League game. This is rare. You know, Old, Old Trafford is, is never going to be like a, a, a cauldron of noise from start to finish, except for the really, really big games. But there was barely a... They could barely muster up anger. And you compare it to the CSKA game where the crowd were really invested and invigorated and there were all those attack, attack, attack chants and they were kind of counterbalanced by massive like pro-United songs and all, as you would expect. But there was just nothing, nothing against PSV. The, the crowd are very clearly absolutely sick of what's being served up. And rightly so. Yeah, I, sure. And rightly so. It's just, it's just really bad. I mean, I think, I think you said you'd had a conversation with uh, a, a journalist at, um, at Old Trafford not long ago when he said it was a strange formation, a strange style to bring to England. It's particularly strange style to bring to Manchester United. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense in the in the history of the club. And, and Van Hal is a student of the game. You know, in what textbook does he read that Manchester United, the babes, the fledglings, Ferguson, 25 years of, you know, pretty much attacking football, not, not all of it, not every season, but pretty much, should be translated into this, a team that is almost scared to play the ball. And, and Van Hal doesn't seem to make the link. He doesn't seem to make the link between what he's asking them to do and the way they're playing. You know, Gary Neville said this week that he's quite sure Van Hal isn't teaching them on the training ground to pass the ball backwards. But there's something he's doing that's encouraging that. So after the PXV game, I was in the mix zone and the only United players that stopped, Ashley Young stopped to talk to MUTV, Normally, lots of United players will stop to talk to MUTV, but but only only Ashley Young did. Daily Blint spoke to Dutch television, and that was pretty much it. Everyone else just kind of walked past, and they all looked absolutely furious. And it took them ages to come out. So putting two and two together, I assume that Van Gaal absolutely hammered them in the dressing room afterwards. And then the next morning, the story came out that a Telegraph journalist said that uh, an anonymous United player had said he's half the player he could be under Van Gaal. And the other story that came out was that Van Gaal had gone ballistic at them in the dressing room, but at half time. And if you think about how much worse United were in the second half than the first half, it shows you the... uh, that, that screaming the odds is not necessarily an effective motivational technique because the team looked totally devoid of confidence in that second half. And I, I did wonder what had happened to them because in the first half they did look quite bright and lively. Yeah, what's the Dutch for a throwing teacup? <laughs> it's, um, I, I'm not sure that Van Gaal will even get his point across. Uh, I mean, he's, uh, his, his press conference after the PSV game at Old Trafford uh, was... A little awkward, you know, I wasn't sure that he was very clear about what he was trying to say. Uh, It was even worse after Leicester. Yeah, um, come on to that if we can. Yeah, it was just, I mean, you know, we'll we'll come on to some detail because you were there, but um, just very, very confusing about what he is trying to say uh, about his team. 
um, and the excuses and it feels like excuses now for why his team isn't creating any chances yeah absolutely um, anything else you want to say specifically about the PSV game no it was bad and and look what what's the impact the impact is that United now have to go to Wolfsburg and win to guarantee progression in this group yeah absolutely you know, you know that's no easy feat and, and you'd have to say on the balance of the way United playing probably not very likely either right so then we're looking for uh, CSKA to do something at PSV which doesn't look likely either they're a bad side yeah and they're out and they're totally out I don't think they can even get Europa League place right no right um, so that's they've got nothing to play for other than pride it's at PSV PSV beat them in Moscow something United weren't able to do um, so yeah that's yeah so so let me give a prediction about that one United will go to Wolfsburg uh, it'll be 1-1 uh, and uh, someone will miss a uh, reasonably good chance and, and Van Gaal will moan about the one chance that was needed and, and we'll be in the Europa League playing uh, you know some third ranked team from the the finished top league. And then Van Gaal will be complaining about the travel. Anyway, <laughs> and the, the schedule playing on Thursday nights. Um, but anyway, the Leicester game then, it was uh, it was interesting. The King Power Stadium is weird. Like, it's very noisy, but they all had these like folded up noisemakers. So they weren't actually clapping. They were just clapping these noisemakers. And it's a very unpleasant sound and a very sort of corporate-y sound that... There was a lot of chants. What do you expect in the King Power yeah, Stadium? Exactly. There's a lot of chanting. Your noisemakers brought to you by... <laughs> Asia Air. Um, there was a lot of chanting, which was backed up by this rhythmic clapping noise. But like only a, a small percentage of the cloud, crowd were actually singing, but all of them were doing the clapping. Anyway, Jamie Vardy scored his, his goal, breaking Van Nistelrooy's record, which is a pretty impressive achievement. He looked okay, although I think Actually, United did a pretty good job of keeping him quiet, uh, apart from the individual errors that led to that goal. Yeah, well, it was a good weekend for for uh, offensive bigots, wasn't it? If you uh, take in Tyson Fury's win in the boxing. Yeah, I've not really followed that one, but yeah, that's that's my understanding of that situation too. Uh, yeah, unfortunate. Mm, it was. And, and you know, unfortunate also United's defending. So, uh, which I think you were going to get on to there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, United defended really well for almost all of that game. Right. That's that's. Yeah. I mean, I mean, basically had a left back playing a right back who uh, slid a ball through two players and, and McNair got on the wrong side of the ball and player. And Vardy slipped it past De Gea. Uh, McNair wasn't wasn't there, was he? I thought it was Damian and Young on either uh, side. Maybe Damian, uh, yeah, rather than McNair. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, either, either way, the United defender got on the wrong side uh, and and really shouldn't have been turned by that ball, which which travelled forty yards across the grass. Uh, and and uh, Fadi slipped it in. I mean, I, th- I think it was a fine finish. I've heard some criticism of De Gea, but I, I'm not sure I'd. I buy that one. I mean, he's he's got it right in the corner and he struck it quite early. Yeah, it, it came from a Kasper Schmeichel throw out, which is a really kind of unconventional throw. And as I saw it, I had a little moment of like, oh, just like his dad. Yeah, and that's right. That, uh, that sort of end that that 
pleasant reminiscence ended moments later. The place went ballistic, as you would expect. And actually, United really struggled for the rest of the first half after that. Uh, the only one that was really, really trying to get them going was Schweinsteiger, who was, as always, looking around, geeing players up, talking to players. It's quite pointed towards Chris Smalling and Smalling give him some back. And then a few moments later, we scored a goal direct from an assist, uh, an assist direct from a corner, which I think we spoke about on the podcast last but yeah, well, we did. Uh, and uh, Van Gaal gave himself credit for that one by putting Blint on corners. But but uh, I mean, a point about that first half, I was counting. It was a 38th minute until United played a real penetrative ball forward. All of it was really passive until then. And, you know, I'm not saying hoof it or bang it forward long. Um, but the ratio of total United passes to passes in the final third should tell you something. A lot of this is just useless passing. Useless. Um, and uh, Daley Blint played a you know a reasonably long ball forward to Marshall in the channel who turned and got a corner from United, you know. And that was the first time in almost the entire first half that United had actually taken a risk with passing. It's not. that It took a while to work out what the system was. Um, 3 4 one, two is It was a telephone was, number, yeah. you know. Um, so three at the back and then four across the middle with the two wingbacks and Carrick and Schweinsteiger. As soon as the team sheet comes out, you're like heart in mouth. I mean, actually, a 1-1 one, one draw is, is kind of better a better result than I was expecting once I saw the two teams, in all honesty. I think it might have been even what I predicted on the podcast last week. But in the end, like it's not a bad result for United. And, and the kind of counter-argument to the people absolutely flipping out about Van Gaal on social media is people saying, we're one point off the top of the league. We've just drawn with the team who have been in excellent form and have been absolutely free-scoring. Sure, but it's Leicester. It's Leicester and United had 70% possession, you know. And, but actually, Leicester were quite happy for United to have that because, you know, as we've said time and time again, including pre-season, it's really easy to defend against United when they're playing like this. Just narrow, just go deep and narrow and United are going to create so few chances, in fact, two on target. Um, and, and for Leicester's 30% possession, they had more shots on target. And in fact felt like they were the more likely team to score sometimes. I mean, in Mares, Vardy and Okazaki, they had three players who were very effective in breaking, you know, from open and broken possession. Very, very effective. Much more effective than United. Not that United broke very much, you know. Um, there, was, there was a point where Gary Neville said, um, United used to do that. I thought, right, that's about right. I, I thought it sort of worked a bit better with Mata at 10 than it has sometimes. Uh, he wasn't spectacular, but I think he grew into the game, actually. And I thought by the... By, yeah, I thought Rooney got into his zone. I thought he grew into the yeah, game. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Um, uh, the, the, some some fuss today on social media, somebody tweeted a quote from Van Gaal saying he only took Rooney off because he had a knock what Van Gaal actually yeah. said was I was trying to decide who I was deciding who to take off and then Rooney had a knock so it was an easy decision but I could have also taken Martial off which yeah but who do you think he would have taken oh, this off is if, exactly, if they were both this, this is exactly right you know um, that it, it felt like it was coming but then yeah once Rooney went off we did we looked brighter and lively Memphis a beautiful touch like really spectacular touch to make himself half a yard of space and put a decent cross in. I think one of the big problems, both against PSV and Leicester, was that um, 
you you know Ed that I like Ashley Young more than you do, right? But uh, a lot of the time, uh, he was the player that was found in space, and then you know he's a, a percentages player. He needs a lot of chances. He needs a lot of opportunities in space to do something really good with the ball. He's not the one that's going to pick out the killer ball every time he's got an opening. No, no. Um, you know his his stock move is to cut inside and float a ball to the back post which is pretty much what he did. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought United were, were pretty ineffective uh, going forward. I mean, a, a few chances. But they, look, you've got two games this week, one in which Martial is, is you know needed to play with his back to goal and hold the ball up to bring United's players into the game because we were so slow breaking. And then the second where he's got support a bit further up the pitch and in which you know he, he wasn't able to really play the focal point. And, you know, and I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying the way the system is set up in an attacking way is a fucking mess I mean it's, it's, it's amateur coach here so clearly I know nothing about this and, and have no right to anything other than an opinion but Martial's like going into the channels and Rooney's dropping deep into Matter's zone over and over again against Leicester it didn't make any sense as an attacking unit um, and then you know not, not least because everything behind them was slow 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 all of the time with effectively seven defenders on the pitch you know and it's um yeah, if you include Carrick and Schweinsteiger, who are there just to defend? It it, it just didn't. Well, uh, and that's not true. That's that, that <laughs> no, isn't true. That Schweinsteiger is there but, just but to defend. Increasingly, right? that's the mindset. You know, he's not there as a playmaker. Look, look at his pass map. It, it's not going forward very much, uh, and and some of that's to do with what's happening further forwards. But you know, the the point being that it's just not good. Um, Jamie Carragher call it overcoached or overorganized uh, in forward positions you know not enough room for free thinking and creativity and and off the cuff uh, moments you know and it's it's really true it's really true yeah and indeed in his press conference after the game uh, van Gaal singled mcnair out for criticism oh, dear. Uh, yeah. for a moment of improvising uh, exactly what you're talking about an off the cuff moment where when you're playing three at the back it's perfectly reasonable for one of your centre forwards to break forward when your team really needs a goal right uh, Paddy McNair is good on the ball he's come through the United Academy so he's got some technique but Van Gaal said <laughs> he said uh, the a lower chance happened because Paddy McNair thought he was a striker when he's a defender and I was sat in the front row in a press conference and I was like slightly shaking when he said that I was I just shook I did shake my head because I could not believe he'd said it it was it was really it was a real sickener because Paddy McNair's 21 right or is he 22 now whatever he's just breaking through his confidence is not going to be the best it's not like he's made a position his own and for his manager to blame him when he's actually put in a really decent shift and and when his manager's totally ignoring the crimes of his more senior players I thought I was bang out of order well yeah Uh, and I mean, the the point is the the pressure is building on on Van Hal. He's had eighteen months in the job, and he's not been able to fashion a side that's effective in all areas of the pitch. I mean, how many times has it happened that United have been great in defence and great in attack? Not many, not many. And you know, I don't want to be crass here, but for all the money spent, 
and there has been a lot despite despite all the outgoings too you wonder whether the sum is not you know all of the parts at the moment it's it's just he's he's not fashioned a team that is as good as i hope we could expect and and that said nothing about the table right a point but a point behind the leaders, third in the the uh, the table, United could well win the Premier League this season. You know, could well not favourites, but could well win the Premier League this season. Is it good? No. And and the thing is, like, even if you discount the money spent, which I I think I, I really think the money. I've said this time and again, but I really think the money spent is a red herring, increasingly a red herring because because of the level of squad renewal that was required. But but. The time spent is is now approaching a level where, you know, this, this is the thing about Van Gaal. Everyone's like, you know, th- this is the Van Gaal narrative. It takes time for his teams to click. Took till December in his Bayern Munich job when they won 4-1 against Juventus. And then at the end of that season, Uli Holness, the Bayern president, said uh, some, of the, we have, some of the football we have played this season has been absolute perfection because they clicked at some point. The click is not happening and it's now been 18 months i mean you could you could make an incredibly generous argument to van gaal to say that there was an extent to which the slate was wiped clean at the end of the summer because there was so much transition in terms of playing staff this summer but i don't think that's a reasonable argument i also think it's not like he doesn't deserve some credit for some things we are incredibly hard to beat we are a point off the top of the table. When he leaves, the squad's going to be in an awful lot better shape than it was. But the problem is it's it's now you've got an entire generation of United fans tapping their watch going, roll on 18 months time when we can get a new manager in. and Or, or maybe even less than that, if you believe some of the reports this week that uh, Pep Guardiola is is looking at the United job with uh, envious eyes. Well, I mean, if that's true, uh, like basically 50% of our rank cast questions this week are about that. You put it, you put out a poll, which I think, I think asked whether people would, uh, if there was anyone who would want to keep Van Gaal uh, if Pep was available. It, it, that's, that's what it was trying to say. There were about four negatives in there, so it might have confused people, but yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the percentages you got out of that poll were heavily influenced by the wording of the question. Yeah. You wouldn't not knock it, though, <laughs> would you? Um, there's surely unless you really hate Pep Guardiola and there are people who do hate him because they think his style of football is is similarly soporific it's not though is it it's not it's not no no peak Pep at Barcelona was a fantastic side yeah they kept the ball but uh, it wasn't one pace and they scored a lot of goals and and right now if you look at his Bayern Munich side they are not boring nope so uh, yeah I mean that that would be a dream scenario at this point right and and, and just to cover off one thing because you know I made this point in, on Twitter a few times uh, and people say yeah but look at the talent yeah but yeah sure United's talent perhaps isn't as good as Barcelona at its best or definitely isn't uh, and nor by Munich now but that's got nothing to do with the style of football I mean just it just doesn't I hate to say it and you know whisper it really quietly but a few miles down the road at Liverpool Klopp has not taken very long to impose his style on that team and they're doing very well yeah and talk about teams that could win the league this season they're only five points behind United yeah. still to play United and the momentum is with them sadly yeah. 
Um, Bob does look like a park drunk, though. He's been sleeping rough in Stanley Park, no doubt about that. At Ryan Dino 7 says, can you explain this new te- technique Blint used at corners where he aimed for United players rather than opposition players? Yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm not having this. <laughs> it's unacceptable. I, I thought that was uh, the... I was I was like in the middle of composing a tweet about right at the end of the first half to say, like, I've looked far and wide for some positives and the only one I can find is that we look better from set from corners with Blint taking them. And then he fired in a corner and Schweinsteiger scored before I could hit tweet. Oh, it was bad. It was bad timing. Of course. Of course. Um, but, but look, I've just got to have a butt hit. That's the ball floated into the sort of, you know, between the six yard box and the penalty area. And uh, Okazaki was the man defending, you know, and he was just completely caught out of position. A forward and a small forward at that. Uh, I mean, it was really bad defending from Leicester, really bad. Yeah, but most of Blint's corners were dangerous. And that you just can't say that about anyone that's been taking the corners at United since Ronaldo left. Oh, Van Persie. No, no, very true, right? And and he's actually he's putting it into the box with some pace and whip on it. And, and it's uh, all of a sudden a lot more dangerous than... The uh, let's uh, rotate the corner back through midfield for fifty passes before we get anything in. Um, the so it was terrible against Leicester in all the ways we know that it was terrible. It was great that Schweinsteiger scored. That's two games in a row. I mean, he didn't score against Watford technically, but you know that was a last minute uh, winner. And then this one was right at the death of the first half, so vital timing. And and you know he does add a lot a lot a lot to United I think Schweinsteiger uh, we've talked about the leadership side of it but you know a couple of really vital interventions in the game in the last couple of league games that's a kind of positive and yeah reasonably defensively solid again uh, but it's not good enough um, and it's it is not fun to watch. This is the thing. I mean, the Leicester game was a lot more fun to watch than the PSV game, for sure, because at no point did United look like a park team, which they did in the second half of uh, the PSV game. That was that was really dismal. But um, but yeah, not, not nearly good enough. After the game, the press conference, after the Palace game, was at the press conference, um, Van Gaal was brilliant. Like, he was really statesmanlike. He was really calm. He was really exerted exhibited a lot of like leadership but this press conference there was one question where I have absolutely no idea what he was saying in his answer and I I, I rate myself pretty highly as a person who speaks Van Gaal you know I normally know what he means when he says things that some people might not follow but this one just not a clue what he was talking about yeah I mean you know maybe he's in his own head a bit too much uh, and, and look, if we don't have a clue what he's talking about, do the players? This is a very big question. One of the journalists said to him, uh, you seem a bit angry, Louis, because he did. And he said, I'm angry that my words are being uh, misconstrued. I was thinking you might want to pick your words more carefully than in that case. And also that was disingenuous. He wasn't. That's not what he was angry about. He was angry from when he sat down. He was he was clearly angry with the performance you know, I, I. He also doesn't like being questioned, right? So the repeated questions about Rooney or United's attacking performance, he's clearly annoyed by it. Clearly. Yeah, but as I say, he was annoyed before he was asked any questions. Maybe he was just assuming that the questions would be of that nature. But, but I think he was also annoyed about the performance because this is not the style of football that he wants United to play ultimately. He doesn't want United to be 
this ineffective in front of goal. But he does, the paradox of this is he does keep banging on about this, oh, well, we should have taken our chance. I, I, I know, and, and that's the frustrating thing because this is not United. I mean, Gary Neville says that United are two players away from winning the league, and that, that might be true. I mean, you know, you've got a spread of sort of four points between the top six. That might be true, but it's two very good attacking players away from winning the league. Yeah, I mean, if we sign Ronaldo and Messi, we're fine. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) No no problem. For for now, though, I mean, you know, even if United grind their way to... to, to enough points to to challenge. I guess they will this season. Uh, There's going to be many, many fans who are not happy. Many fans that will look at Guardiola if he moves this summer, if he goes to City, as other reports are saying, and think, you know, something's not right here. And we'll see if Mourinho uh, survives at Chelsea, but you could have a situation where you've got Guardiola, Klopp, and, say, Ancelotti at three of United's major rivals. You know, all, all coaches who do quite like attacking football Uh, and we might be looking at all three of them with some jealousy yeah absolutely and we'll have Ryan Giggs in charge so you know (laughs) well and look who knows you know I haven't a clue whether he's uh, sort of in the background saying look this isn't this isn't right Uh, whether he's trying to whether he does a lot on the training pitch and is trying to change United from within whether he's just holding on for the the right time to stick the knife in or or what you know do we know if he's going to make a good coach no no idea no idea. He prepares the briefing reports for Van Hal and, and Van Hal likes his PowerPoints. But, uh, and he's got plenty of respect, of course, amongst the players and his peers and, and all of that. But a track record as a coach, none. So it might be great, might not. OK, at, let's do a bunch of Twitter questions, shall we? Because I think we've kicked, kicked United enough for the last half an hour. And it's now time for you, the listeners, to kick United for a bit. There's not many cheery ones in here, Ed. Um, OK. At A. Hardeman says, stick with LVG or twist with Ancelotti in January. Yeah, well, look, clearly that's not going to happen. So um, it's kind of one of those hypotheticals. No, you, you stick with LVG to the end of the season and then a call has to be made on the basis of United's performance this season, final position, uh, what it looks like the players are doing, if they are still playing for him uh, and what else is available. Yeah, at KMC underscore MUFC underscore 4VR says... In apportioning responsibility, what's the right split between bad tactics and bad attacking player form? It's a bit of both. I think it's a a, a kind of restraint that's put on the team where uh, they are getting very few players ahead of the ball. Um, and so it's looking a bit static up front and and some poor form. Memphis in bad form, Martial struggling a little bit to impose himself on the side. Wayne Rooney's just been abysmal. Um, Wayne Mata often marginalised. Ashley Young generally just ineffective. But I think if you look at the whole of Van Gaal's time at United, has there been an attacking player in form for longer than a month? No, good point. Um, so I, th- I think this is in, in many ways the most damning indictment of him. The fact that none of our attackers have ever been in form under him for any length of time. Whereas the defenders are doing very well. Yeah, just ask uh, Rivaldo or Christo Stoichkov what they think. Um, at CD5442 says, can we call him Busty Goal yet? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. A <laughs> couple more. He just needs to score, you know, 10, 10 games in a row now to, to break the record. Yeah, well, look, people keep going on about this record, but... Uh, it's uh, sure it's an English top division record, so it's not just Premier Leagues now, Premier League. 
but but he has played in quite a few other competitions, you know, for England, including against San Marino and the Carling Cup. So oh. yeah, until he does it in ten <laughs> actual games in a row, I'm not counting it. So you're not counting Rude's either. No, no, but Rude was, you know, it was high quality stuff, wasn't it? Obviously, a friend of the Rankcast at Tatiana MUFC says this side is filled with players LVG wanted. Why do you think we have such issues with the squad fitting his vision? Does anyone know what his vision is? Because I don't. I mean, maybe you do. Maybe you have a clearer idea, but um, I don't know what it is. Eighteen months in, I'm not sure what the final product will be. I mean, the own. I mean, my assumption, my working assumption, is that it's like it is now, but better in the final third, more incisive, quicker, more change of pace, more pulling people out of position, and a better end product. But but we hardly ever see that. I mean, we saw sure. a little bit of Watford, where the front three were sort of exchanging positions now and then. Yeah, but but hardly ever. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the thing. That, but that looks like a mistake, not the actual pattern. But I'm not saying it's the pattern. I'm saying this can't be what he wants. He, he can't want it to be rubbish. That <laughs> well, maybe he does. As long as you, I mean, the way he talked after the Leicester game was not we were really poor. We didn't create any chances, but we didn't take the one chance we created. I don't think he was happy with the way United played in that game. It didn't look to me like he was at all happy with the way that United played in that game, frankly. So to conclude that section, I guess, a friend of the rank cast, Simon Stevens, said, would it be better for United if he went? Uh, He being Van Hal. I'm not answering that one, Paul. You're you're, uh, always with the hashtag manager out. (laughs) Um, I think his record is good enough to earn him a ridiculous line of credit. Because, like, even up, up to now, he's already burnt a lot of that credit. And also, I think the fact that we're a point away from the top of the league, it, it, it seems like... This seems like very... It would be a very weird time to fire a manager, right? It would be an insane time to fire a manager one point off the top of the league. Yeah, exactly. So, But the problem is, the real problem with all of this is that the experience of going to football matches or watching them on TV is is something that people participate in for pleasure. It's this... The notion that, you know, fans stick with clubs through thick and thin has been pretty uh, demonstrably proven not to be the case. Um, over over many years, and and like even really proper hardcore home and away Reds are bored out of their minds by the football. So it's so boring to watch that for for people for people's enjoyment's sake. Maybe it would be better if he went, but for in terms of how you run a football club, it seems like it would be crazy. What do you think, Ed? I said I wasn't answering that one. No, but you've got to. <laughs> do you think United would be better off getting rid of Van Gaal now? Not, not now. No, I think that's ridiculous in, in a way. Uh, a point off the top uh, could well win the Premier League this season. I mean, really could. Uh, so um, getting rid of the manager now doesn't make any sense. I can understand completely why United fans are frustrated, but the best thing to do is to leave it until the summer, see where United finish, because it could be anywhere between first and about sixth. Uh, and um, see what shape the side is in, see if Van Gaal has a clear plan for moving United forward and see who is available and then make a decision. You know, it um, it seems the noises are that the United board would have no problem uh, in paying off Van Gaal's final year as manager if there was someone better or peppier coming along. I mean, that's a different decision then, isn't it? Because that isn't about... It's not even really about... Um 
Van Gaal, then it's just about the Pep's future because if he doesn't come to us, he's going to go to someone that we play against regularly, and and that would be bad, right? So yeah, also well, so in this scenario painted a bit earlier, what if you do have Guardiola? Klopp, Ancelotti, and Mourinho at PSG, or something like that, all tied up. Yeah, it's uh, it's that would be tricky times. Good times for Ryan Giggs. So uh, we play West Ham at the weekend. It's at Old Trafford. West Ham have been well early in the season. They got a lot of big scouts away from home. I think they've uh, gone off the boil slightly since then, haven't they? And uh, Payet got injured, which was a, a very big deal to them. Uh, they played today, and I have not seen their result yet. So I should look that up. Really, they drew it home to West Brom. Ah, there you go. That tells you something, doesn't it, about them having gone off the boil? They have. I mean, they are still only five points off fourth, but they were for a while chasing the Champions League. So certainly gone off the boil, West Ham. You know, there are um, some key players who have not been in form or fit. Uh, for West Ham so none more so than uh, Andy Carroll the big striker I think he's scored once this season once was a £35 million player apparently Sacco has just been injured he's a key player as well um, so you know tough tough times for West Ham they don't traditionally do very well at Old Trafford either No although tradition and Old Trafford have parted company recently Yeah true and I suppose they beat Chelsea a, a few weeks ago though Everyone was beating Chelsea at that point, so maybe we can't give them too much credit. Got spanked at Tottenham last weekend, uh, really, really hammered. Um, so, yeah, n- not in the best form. But, you know, we know exactly what they're going to do, right? I mean, it's not difficult, this one. If you're Billich, what you do is you set them up quite narrow and quite deep and try and play, play on the break. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And maybe they won't be able to do that and maybe we'll spawn a couple of goals and get the win. But, you know, the chances of it being gorgeous, free-flowing football seem seem a long shot. I mean, we haven't talked about Rooney hardly at all this week and I really don't want to, except to say... He'll He'll be back in the side unless he's injured. And I really hate to wish an injury on a on a human being. Just But uh, Well no, I mean I, I can't even do it because it's like the football isn't Im- as important as people's well being. But it's you, just You don't have to wish an injury on him, you just have to wish that he doesn't recover quite as quickly as he might. <laughs> Yeah, because we need him not to play um, for us to have any chance of being fluid because we've been fluid precisely once this season with him in the side and that was in spite of him, not because of him at Everton. Well, true. Uh, Although, um, if he's not fit, it's almost certainly going to be Marouane Fellaini at number 10. It won't be. I'll just leave that silence there for us to contemplate the horror of that choice. I mean, talk about Hobson's choice, Rooney or Fellaini at 10. I'll have Rooney, please. I'll, I'll just have neither, thanks. <laughs> yeah, just play, play, play with play 10. Play with 10, yeah, very yeah. good. Um, so, look, I, I mean, I think United are going to win this game. Um, <laughs> obviously, absolutely going to hammer them. <laughs> one nil. Just once again... 55 minutes of rank cast. Guards United are so boring and rubbish and can't sit, score any goals. I think we'll win this weekend. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's the very essence of fandom, isn't it? That was awful. It was terrible, that was. We're going to win. Come on, you Reds. Uh, yeah, I, I think... I really thought we'd beat PSV. Not beating PSV has knocked my confidence in United's ability to win games. Leicester, that not so much, because I think that's that was a tricky tie. Um, but the fact that we couldn't do anything at home against PSV is a, is a real worry. Uh, no, we're not going to win. Uh, nil-nil draw again. Yeah, make it 
whatever it is, five nil-nil draws in the last eight fixtures or whatever it'll be at that point. Yeah, there's been a lot this season, a lot of no scoreless games from United. I mean, it's it's not good. Um, yeah, it's interesting set of fixtures though. We talked about Liverpool uh, earlier. They play Newcastle next weekend, right? So if United don't win against West Ham, Liverpool could be within three points or maybe even two of United. City go to Stoke. You'd, you'd fancy a City win. They seem to be you know, creeping back into some form. I mean, they're so dependent on the fitness of of uh, company Aguero and Silva. Uh, Aguero injured again. Um, that, uh, you know, injuries really do impact United. Actually, I think, you know, we talked about the positives of Van Gaal's regime. We've got a lot of injuries at the moment, but but because it's so much system-based, I don't think injuries actually impact United as much as they do City, who really do rely on their important players. And then who do Arsenal play? I can't remember. Sunderland. Sunderland. They play Sunderland next weekend, so you'd expect them to get some more points. So United could not be in a great position if they don't beat West Ham next season. Weekend. But equally... Uh, or season. Sunderland could definitely easily beat Arsenal. Uh, Arsene Wenger has broken Alexis Sanchez. The unbreakable Alexis Sanchez has been played into the ground. Uh, a man who's been in the red zone so long, something, something, American football, something. I don't know. I can't work out a good analogy. But yeah, Alexis Sanchez has just basically been living in the red zone and his hamstrings twanged now. You know, things are bad at United, but at least Arsene Wenger isn't our manager. Man, that guy. That guy. <laughs> Mourinho's right about him, you know. Yeah, serial <laughs> like, loser. Yeah. The, the, it's not even the, that side of it, but just the kind of the, the thing about him being the king. Just he gets away with anything. He can do anything he likes, never under any pressure. He's the only one. But it's a joke what he's done to that to that squad this this summer. Like he had such a big opportunity in the summer, totally chucked it. He did. They are, of course, only two points off the top of the league. Yeah, absolutely. But do you have any confidence whatsoever in the idea that they could win it? No, but it is so tight that that they, they could. I mean, you know, I'm, I don't have any confidence. Maybe Wenger pulls out, um, you know, a miracle and signs a top-class striker and a defensive midfielder in the January window and they, they emerge as title favourites. Can't, can't see it, but you never know. Yeah, maybe. Could happen. I genuinely think it's more likely that Liverpool will win the title than Arsenal. It's a ridiculous thing to say. Of course, it is still November, so we can't talk about transfers yet. Yeah. Uh, until next week, when we will spend 90 minutes talking about potential <sighs> oh, transfers. We've really ba- backed ourselves into a corner by agreeing to talk about them in December, haven't we? Um, yeah. But we're not going to buy anyone in January, though, so it's fine. Well, I, I don't know. I think we might buy a left back, or maybe two. <laughs> can never have enough, can you? All right. Thank you for listening to us moaning about Manchester United for an hour. Sorry about that. If you want to, you can subscribe on iTunes uh, to make sure you never miss us moaning about United. Uh, sometimes we're like really enthusiastic when United are okay. That's We are, if you look back into the iTunes archives. <laughs> you can find us. Um, you can get us both on Twitter, Facebook, all that malarkey. United Rant has a forum. So if you like really old school talk manners, like old school within the context of the internet. If you still have LPs. Yeah. Then, You'll like this. Yeah. Then there is, there is a, a forum on United Run where the discourse is uh, fruity. Fruity? Is that colourful? Colourful. colourful. Yeah. I, I mean, I have, to, I have to say with Twitter and various other things, I, I struggle to actually take part in the forum much myself. But it has been there with Rant since 2004. So um, it's, uh, it's a legacy and there are still 
people who are very yeah, active. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see you next week, I suppose. Sorry about this podcast, everyone. <laughs> Enjoy United's board draw with West Ham, and uh, we'll see you then.